What's up, podcast listeners? It's your old friend uh, Corey Clark, a sports columnist at nolsports.com, Tallahassee.com, so many comms. Um, and it's post Alabama. Uh, you probably want, if you're listening to this, uh, if you decided to click on this to hear my musings about the game, I assume you watched the uh, Florida State Alabama game uh, this Saturday night, this past Saturday night in uh, beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Um, look, uh, I I wrote a story. I actually kind of felt bad about it at the time, just because I didn't want to diminish the hype of the game because I was genuinely excited about the Florida State Alabama game. We had all been looking forward to it for so long. It's a really neat uh, matchup for college football. But I wrote a column on Friday before the game, which probably maybe not the best time to do it when everybody's so excited. But my column, the gist of it was, was this game a good idea? And I wrote that even before the starting quarterback got hurt with six minutes left and now is out for the season. So in hindsight, of course not. That was not worth the $5 million. That wouldn't have been worth $12 million to have your starting quarterback go hurt because I really do think um, losing Francois, I mean... I don't know how they're going to navigate the rest of this schedule without a loss with a true freshman at quarterback. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors at play here. Um, why, why is Florida State, why is its quarterback depth to the point where they have to play a true freshman after one injury? That's like something that should happen after two or three injuries, not, not a, guy, a guy that's only been on campus for a month. You wouldn't think would be next in line to be the starting quarterback when the starter goes down. But that's where Florida State is for a variety of reasons that I actually wrote about um, on, on Monday night um, about how we got here. And frankly, how we got here was Malik Henry and DeAndre Johnson. DeAndre Johnson acted like an idiot in a bar, was an idiot at a bar, punched a woman, uh, got kicked off the team, rightly so, um, and is now at Florida Atlantic with Lane Kiffin. And then Malik Henry, quite frankly, was an idiot too. Uh, essentially got suspe- he got suspended, I believe, his first week of fall camp uh, as a freshman, which is uh, really hard to do. That's a record time. Uh, and ended up transferring in December. Those are the reasons that you're left with what this is. Uh, it's, you know, Malik Henry, if he could have stayed eligible and stayed unsuspended and been the kind of talent that they wanted him to be, um, was is really good. He's a really talented kid, but also when you look at his past, he wasn't worth the recruitment. He just wasn't worth that. He he, and I I don't know. I'm not talking about a checkered past as far as criminal activity. I'm talking about the fact that he went to 14 or 19 or 36 high schools or whatever it was. Um, he was one of those kids where just was always on the move, and those are always red flags. When you have a kid that can't stay in one place, that's always transferring from place to place to place. Well, as soon as things go bad for him at Florida State, peace, I'm out, because that's all he knows is to move to another school. He also got kicked out of IMG um, in Orlando before his season even started uh, as a senior. So there were a lot of red flags there with that kid, and they all proved to um, be really red when he got to school. So anyway, you're left with James Blackman. Um, that's who's the quarterback the rest of the way, unless he really struggles. Then I guess you know you could try Bailey Hawkman. You could try apparently J.J. Cosentino. I mean, he is a scholarship quarterback. He is a redshirt junior. It's pretty remarkable that Florida State has a redshirt junior scholarship quarterback on its roster that gets beat out by a guy that's been on campus for a month. And I think that says that might say a lot about James Blackman. He might be really good, but it certainly says a lot about J.J. Cosentino that he he really. I mean, it's pretty evident now. There's there's no he has really no he had no really business of being here at Florida State. He's just not a Florida State caliber quarterback. Might be a great kid. Never had the a reason or the pleasure to talk to him. 
Might be a wonderful kid, uh, but he's just not an FSU caliber quarterback. Otherwise, he'd be playing the rest of this season because he's a redshirt junior. You know, back in the 90s, Florida State made a living off playing redshirt juniors and starting them after they hadn't started the first two years. But not this kid. He's, he's, he apparently is uh, – he might not even be ahead of Bailey Hawkman, the other freshman. So anyway, um, so you look at the season now, going back to the original point. I, I didn't think playing Alabama was a good idea even before Francois got hurt because you don't beat Alabama in these games. You just don't. I, I didn't, that's not a good matchup for Florida State. And Florida State, I think, played Alabama better in one of these neutral site season opening games than they've ever been played. Uh, that was toe-to-toe. Alabama is not a more talent. At least on looking at it and with my own two eyes, Alabama was not any more talented than Florida State. Those were two really good teams, really good defenses. I think Florida State actually has a be- or had a better quarterback. But the special teams were a debacle. It was a disaster. So you lose the game. And I'll, go back, I'll get into that in a second. But So you lose the game. So now, even if you had DeAndre Francois, you would have to run the table to get into the playoff. You just can't. There's no way that a two-loss Florida State team, a two-loss any team, we haven't seen that a team like that make the playoff. It just, it's, until I see that that's possible, I assume that they're all going to be zero-loss or one-loss teams getting into the playoff. So playing Alabama, what it does is you, you, it gives you no room for error. So like if Florida State had scheduled, I don't know, UTEP for the first game, well, then you can afford a loss along the way. You might lose at home. You might slip up to Louisville. You might slip up to Miami if, if Miami can figure out how to beat Florida State again. You, who knows? You might lose a heartbreaker or wake or some crazy ridiculousness that happens in college football every year. Obviously, you could lose at Clemson. All that stuff is on the table, and you can still get in the playoff, just like Clemson did last year when they inexplicably lost a home, at home to Pitt. So you have all that. That's all possi- that was all on the table. Now it's not because you have a loss. And when you have a loss... You can't, you can't afford another one and get in the playoff. You just can't. So that's where Florida State is now. They're, they're, they, they have no margin for error. They cannot lose another game and get in the playoff. I firmly believe that because that's what history tells us. So then what was the point of the game? The point of the game was, okay, it's cool if you beat Alabama, then you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. But what were the odds that Florida State was going to beat Alabama? Just what were they? Alabama doesn't lose those games. So you got a $5 million check. You played really well, I thought. The defense should have a ton of confidence after that game. But for this 2017 season, the chances of making a national championship, even before Francois got hurt, uh, were, were reduced greatly because you scheduled this game. It's not a good idea to schedule Alabama to open a season. I, I know it's awesome for the fans, and it was really neat um, as, a, as a sports writer and just a lover of college football to be there. Um, it's just, it was a really neat atmosphere. It was a really neat buildup. It's cool to have that kind of hype for a game, but in hindsight, and actually, you know, we all, some of us first guessed it. It just wasn't a good idea. It was nice to have $5 million. It's neat for the fans to give them something like that. But at the same time, you were the 2017 football team chances of winning a national championship or getting in the playoff took a great hit. We knew that even before the game was played, that it was going to, that it was, it it was going to be much harder to win, to get in the national championship, to get in the playoff because you started the season with Alabama. You just you got a you got a lot you got a loss. You're starting the season with a loss. That's what you scheduled. And that's what happened. Now, none of us could have known that Francois was going to get hurt. So that made it even more look like a, a bad decision, but that's not fair. You can't predict injuries. Um so I think even if Francois is healthy, it wasn't a good idea to play that game because now the margin for error is zero. And can Florida State really win out with 
James Blackman, a true freshman at quarterback. So I did a little research. I asked Jimbo on Monday if he'd ever had a true freshman quarterback before, if he'd ever had one as a starter. Obviously, he's had them on his roster, but has he ever had to start one? And in 1998, the only one he could think of was Gabe Gross when he was the QB coach at at Auburn. Gabe Gross, I don't even know if I remember him. He's actually a baseball player at Auburn. ended up playing in the major leagues. Um, But he was a true freshman starter on that team that went 3-8, he was terrible. He threw. He completed like forty-four percent of his passes. Auburn went three and eight, and Jimbo and the whole staff was fired. So that was the last time that uh, that Jimbo had a true freshman quarterback. You got to hope it goes. You got to expect, and you got to hope it goes a little bit better for him this time around. Uh, but that's he has. He doesn't do this, and I think it's going to be pretty fascinating how he handles this because you can't call a game like you do with the DeAndre Francois or Sean McGuire. You, you can't do it. This kid has been on campus for a month. He doesn't know everything. You can't expect him to know everything. So you got to make it simple for him. And I actually think in a weird way, simplifying this thing could be a good thing for Florida State. And I think it could be a really good thing for the receivers. Because if you listen to Jimbo talk about what went wrong in the second half against Alabama, there was a lot of mistakes by the receivers, not, not blitz adjusting, not sight adjusting when they see a blitz to, to um, you know, stop a route, um, to modify a route. They, they just they weren't recognizing it. Well, I don't know that you can still do that kind of stuff with a true freshman quarterback where, where you can expect him and the receivers to be on the same page with a blitz. Maybe, just maybe, you say, look, <laughs> that guy's going deep. That guy's running a corner route. That guy's running an out. Like, really simplify it so there's not four or five or nine different options on every pass play. And if you do that, your receivers, I think, they were pedestrian against Alabama, but that's Alabama. Auden Tate made two really nice plays. Keith Gavin shows he's probably going to be something. Nooney was non-existent for a guy that thinks he's the best receiver in the country. He didn't do anything. But uh, some of that was his quarterback, too. His quarterback didn't play well even before he got hurt. Um, But if you have a quarterback that can't, process things very quickly because he's not he hasn't played a lot any college football dumb it down and I'm not implying anyone's dumb I'm just saying dumb I'm using it as a verb dumb the offense down and make it simple for the kid Auden Tate's running a, a go throw it to him if he's got man coverage Izzo's gonna be in the middle of the field if you see him open throw it to him all that just dumb it down get him out get him rolling I, I get him rolling so he has some run pass options which Jimbo didn't do nearly enough of or hardly any that I remember um, in Saturday night, DeAndre didn't run at all, which I thought I thought they would run him eight or ten or twelve times. Lord Clemson ran Deshaun Watson thirty times against that team a couple of years ago, and uh, Jimbo didn't run Francois at all. But so if you dumb it down, you run the you you use your running backs that you really like. I mean, again, we it's hard. Alabama is such an outlier. You can't judge really anything. The offensive line, the running backs, the running game, the receivers, even by what you do against that defense because it's so stacked and it's so good. And even though I, I thought Florida State played really well in the offense, well, not really well, that's way too bit of an overstatement. They scored seven points, but they had chances to score a lot more points. They got a bad non-call in the end zone right before the half. They should have at least, that could have been got them to 14. Francois on the first fourth down had a kid wide open, I think it was Gavin, wide open for a touchdown and just didn't see him and got sacked <clears throat> on the fourth and two call. Um, which was a good call. I don't know what Francois was looking at. So anyway, um, I, you know, if you if you ride if you ride your running back, so I think you're going to be good. I don't think your offensive line is terrible. Which I mean, that's not a ringing endorsement, is it? Florida State's offensive line isn't terrible. I think it could end up being pretty good because uh, Everly looked worlds better than he did last year. So if your offensive line is decent, your running backs are good, and I think your wide receivers can be really good. Well, you know, you got a lot of talent around him to help him to help the freshman. 
and you move the pocket a little. You call easy plays. You call ABC plays. You don't have to get into X and Z. Just call ABC simple plays, at least this first week against Louisiana Monroe, and see what you got and get a little more comfortable with them. I liken it to EJ had EJ Manuel had to make a start in 2009 when Ponder got hurt, his first start at Wake Forest. And that, those were back in the days in 2009 when Wake was actually favored. Wake had beat him two years in a row, three years in a row maybe. That's crazy, folks. We lived in a time where Wake Forest beat Florida State three consecutive seasons, 06, 07, 08. That's nuts. Anyway, so 09, EJ goes out there and um, uh, plays really well. But it's a really simple game plan. A lot of bootlegs, a lot of naked bootlegs, a lot of short passes, quick passes. Get the ball out of his hand. Do that to build this kid's confidence. And maybe moving forward, that's just good for the offense. Simplify it. And maybe that'll get. Maybe they'll work. Even, they'll look better. They'll they'll perform better. The receivers will be better because they're not having to think as much. We'll see. Or maybe Alabama was just. Maybe the receivers are are really good. They just didn't have a good game. And um and they can they can read blitzes and they won't make so many mistakes because Jimbo was not happy with them. It didn't seem like when he talked about them on Monday. So maybe that was just a bad game because of who they were playing in the moment. But by the end of the year, by the middle of the year, by two weeks, they'll be a lot better. But at any rate, I think you have to. I think you really have to simplify it for this kid. I think that's kind of a no-brainer opinion. Now, <clears throat> two quick things. Thanks for listening to this, by the way. You're you're a good person. Um, first and foremost, um, the special teams was the reason Florida State lost the football game. Like I said earlier, talent for talent, player for player, toe to toe. Florida State has the same team as Alabama. There was no difference. You can't watch those two teams and say that, there, that Alabama was worlds better. They certainly weren't 17 points better. What Alabama did, how Alabama won that game, where, where they got all their points really for the difference until the end when, they, when Francois was throwing interceptions every other pass, was special teams. You know, it's not only that, that the punt was blocked. It's that Saban, after the game, said they knew in the protection, the way Florida State protected, that they were going to have a chance to block that punt. They just knew it. They saw it on film, and they thought they had a real good chance to come and get it. And that's exactly what they did. In other words, Florida State was outcoached and outschemed right there. So that's one thing. And, I mean, that's not like a um, <laughs> a huge a huge negative to be outcoached by Alabama and Nick Saban and his staff. He's got ninety people on his staff to begin with, and he's the best one of the best coaches of all time, maybe the best. But Florida State has too good athletes to always be so. Usually, they're what they are. Media is mediocre on special teams, mediocre to bad. Um, they haven't returned a kick for a touchdown since Kermit in the national championship game. The only punt return they had for a touchdown was I think Bobo against some. Uh, small school a couple years ago. But their return game is a train wreck. Keith Gavin had the one last year that was a terrible decision that he got bailed out with. Other than that, the return game last year was non-existent. Two years ago, they averaged like three yards of punt return. This is the house of Dion and Terrell Buckley and uh, Willie Reed and Greg Reed. In their punt return game, McFadden looks like he's scared to catch the ball. Keith Gavin's going to go catch everything like it's uh, a touchdown catch, and he has to go get it and bring it. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking on that. And Jimbo said, you know, he just made a mistake. Well, why is he doing that? Why is he leaping up and making that catch? Don't y'all practice that and rep that? And, hey, man, if you're having to leap up at the end zone and fall backwards, take a knee. His very first kick return, he got out to the 10 that he shouldn't have returned. So, uh, and I know he's trying to make a play, but you just got to be smarter than that. So, uh, and also the blocked field goal was ridiculous, and Logan Tyler was terrible. But other than that, the special teams was was a okay. It was midseason form. So, if Florida State has to get that figured out, it can't just be 
decent at special teams. The athletes are too good. The, the One of the big advantages that a school like Florida State has is they have these four-star kids that can't get on the field um, on defense because they're behind a lot of really good players, but they should be awesome on special teams. You've got great athletes. Um you know, on kick, kick returns, kick coverage. Actually, their kick coverage has always been pretty decent. But kick return has been abysmal for a while now. Punt return, you might as well not even have a returner back there. That might be a better idea. I mean, just it's pointless. So I don't know what the deal is. Here's what I do know. Um, Charles Kelly was the special teams coordinator in 2013, the last year Florida State was good at it. And they were really good. It wasn't just Aguayo being awesome. Kermit was a great punt ret- uh, kick returner. He had a lot of avenues to make plays. Um, Kenny Shaw was anything special as a punt returner, but he caught them all. Um, and they, you know, they just were, they were really good at punt coverage and kick coverage. That was Charles Kelly in 2013. He became the, uh, so he's the linebackers coach and the special teams coach. Well, he, he got obviously promoted to defensive coordinator, by the way, his defense was incredible on Saturday night. That I think that was the best game of Florida state defense has played since, I don't know, one of the 2013 games. I mean, it was remarkable how good they were, especially considering, uh, where Alabama kept getting the ball. And they were able to keep bowing up and keep playing so well. Played really hard, even when they knew the game was over. That was the most encouraging thing. Last year, that team probably would have dropped 21 points on, on that Florida State defense at the end when the game was over. That didn't happen. They fought really hard, and they played with a lot of pride, and I think that's really encouraging moving forward. But here's the thing. We know the Florida State offense is going to be great. You're not going to be great with a true freshman quarterback. You have to be okay. If they, Their defense is good enough that if they just have an okay offense that doesn't make mistakes – a la Alabama every year they win a national title. Um, you know, I don't know, Ohio State 2002. I mean, you can go along the lines with, with teams that have had just okay offenses but great defenses. They have a chance to still have a really good year because that defense is exceptional. That defense is national championship good. So if the offense can be okay and not, and not make terrible mistakes, you got a chance still to win 10, 11 games unless the special teams is a complete joke again. you you got to be good in two of the three phases. And last uh, Saturday night, um, Florida State was really good in one of them, pretty bad in the other, and a clown show in the last one. And that has to be fixed. And Jimbo answered some questions about it today, said he was really disappointed that they do practice it. They rep it for 35, 40 minutes a day. It does mean a lot to him. They have been the best special teams unit in the country, or one of them, for a um, a couple times in his tenure, he does take it seriously. He says, well, something's got to change because something's got to get lost in translation. And it's not just a panic because of one game, just one disastrous game. And it was the reason they lost that game. But it's not just panic because of that. It's because it was so bad last year. You remember Nooney giving Florida their only touchdown because he can't catch a punt. Gave Michigan three points. Got a field, got the extra point blocked in the orange ball that was run back for a touchdown. And got this field goal blocked. At least they tackled. At least that was, was the last time Florida State tackled somebody that was picked up a blocked kick. So that was good to see that they actually tackled someone. But uh, um, it, it was just there was nothing good about it at all. Logan Tyler was terrible. He followed up Alabama's nine-yard punt with a 12-yard punt. He did nothing well. Um, averaged 28 yards and got one blocked. So... That was a train wreck. If they can figure that out, and there's a lot of moving parts to figure that out, Florida State Hill still has a chance to have a really good a really good season. I do believe that. I don't think they're going undefeated because they have a true freshman quarterback, and that goes back to maybe 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 don't play that game. Maybe don't play Alabama. <clears throat> if you open up with Troy or UTEP, well, DeAndre Francois is not playing in the fourth quarter, and I know you can't predict injuries, and again, that's not fair. I, I'm just kind of contradicting what I say at the beginning, but it's the truth, man. 
Uh, Francois not playing in that game if they're playing a normal team because that defense was so good that Florida State went up by five touchdowns and he'd been no reason to roll out to the right and all that. And it's just it's just a shame for that kid. He's such a hard worker and he's kind of he was kind of the backbone of that offense, the leader of that offense. Um, they don't have a ton of leaders over there. He was the guy, and now he's you know he's having surgery. And he's gonna be on crutches for the rest of the year. So it's uh it was a it was a well I was gonna say it was a bittersweet opener, but it was just bitter. There was no sweetness about it. They lost. They're 0-1. They have to win out against what is one of the toughest schedules in the country left um, to have a chance to reach their goals. Um, and, you know, they got a true freshman at quarterback because they lost their starter. But other than that, solid, solid season opening uh, game for the Seminoles. I hate to be such a Debbie Downer. It was actually a fun atmosphere. I should say that. It was really neat. Um, it's kind of cool that those two teams played each other. But I wouldn't schedule them again until Saban's leaving, until Saban leaves. Then schedule Alabama again. That, that's the time to play Alabama when Nick Saban's not there. That's just my suggestion, just as an outsider. Anyway, that's it. I appreciate you listening to this. We're going to be doing this every week. I'll get my thoughts up uh, because I know you can't wait. Uh, I'll get my thoughts up um, every day or every, the, either the day after or two days after each game, kind of tell you what I think. Anyway, so this weekend, Saturday night, 720. Of course, you got to play that at night. Louisiana Monroe, um, that's who Florida State plays. They should obviously win, and we'll see what we think about James Blackman when we meet up again next week. All right, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Out.